Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. In verse 7 of Ezekiel 33, So thou, O son of man, I have set you as a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. And when I say to the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If you will not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man will die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. And nevertheless, if you warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, and if he doesn't turn from his way, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. You may not like me today. I'm not gonna preach you a flowery message. I'm not gonna make you laugh and tell you funny stories. But I'm gonna preach a message that the 21st century church needs to hear and they need to hear it today. And it starts with us. And when I said you might not like me today and that you'll love me tomorrow, it means that when you hear the word of the Lord and you make the adjustments that God wants you to make, you will say, oh, I was so glad that a preacher preached the word of God and not a philosophy and not a tradition or not a worldly approach. So today I wanna preach to you on this subject. The first and the last line of defense. The first and the last line of defense. God bless you, you may be seated. Buckle up. We have three enemies to guard our souls from. The devil, the world, and our own flesh. John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The world, we must guard against the world. Love not the world, 1 John 2 and 15, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, now he gets specific about the world. The world will offer you the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world will pass away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God will abide forever. And then our third enemy is our own flesh. Even the great apostle Paul in Romans 7 and 18 said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. We must identify our enemies, the devil, the world with its lust, and our own 
flesh. So what is the first line of defense against these three enemies? I believe the first line of defense is love. It is the first line of defense. We came to God out of a need. All of us did. Let's be honest about it. Some of us came to God because we needed help. We were in trouble financially. We were in trouble with our marriages. We had addictions, all kinds of things that were chaotic in our life and and we couldn't seem to manage them ourselves and we tried the doctors and the physicians and the psychiatrists and nobody seemed to have an answer. So finally we came to Jesus and we said, Jesus, I need you and I need your help. Please help me. Another reason we came to God was we recognized that there was something lacking inside of our lives, that there was a hole inside of our souls, and we were trying to fill it with all kinds of different things, and nothing satisfied us, and we felt like mice on a wheel, just going nowhere, circles and circles, and, and there was, we recognized that we had a need that was not being met. And so we came to Jesus and we said, Jesus, please fill the emptiness in my life. And he gave us peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. And we loved him for it. We sang his praises. We thanked him for all the help that we received. Because you see, love is the first line of defense. It's what God requires. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words I command thee this day shall be in your heart. You will teach them diligently to your children. You will talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You will bind them for a sign upon your hand and they'll be as frontlets before your eyes and you will write them upon the doorposts of your house and your gates. Love the Lord your God with all. The counterpart to that in the New Testament, Jesus answered that question in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36. Master, the question was, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The first line of defense is love. Why do you do what you do? Because I love God. That's the motivating factor. I, I, would, I hope I will never hear in my life again because why do you do what you do? Because my pastor tells me to do it. Because my church says I should do it. Because the UPC says I should do it. No, because I love God and I want to be pleasing to him. That's why I do what I do. Out of appreciation, out of love, that's what motivates me. I'm not doing this to earn brownie points. I'm not doing this to earn my salvation. I've already had my sins washed away. I've already received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
What's motivating me? What's driving me to live the way that I live? I love God. Let me see if I can make this any more simple than I already have. I remember the first date I ever had with Liz. And I've told you about that. And, but I, I knew, I mean, sometimes people know. And I knew, and you know what changed in my life? Everything. Because I finally loved somebody other than myself. And when you love somebody, you want to please them. And if she would pay me a compliment about a shirt or an outfit, when I'd go to the clothing rack, what do you think I looked for first? I changed the places that I went to because it wasn't, again, all about me anymore. It wasn't all about fishing and hunting and ball games anymore. Where would you like to go? I even go to P.F. Chang's once in a while. I have a strong dislike for Chinese food. That's just me. But I go because it pleases my wife. And I love her. Today I am wearing a cologne called Jake. You know why? Not because I like the smell of it. I can't even smell it. I mean, if you wear the same cologne or the, or the same perfume, after a while, you don't even smell it anymore, do you? The one that's wearing it. But the one that's smelling it, that's why you wear your perfume or your cologne. If you can understand that in a human relationship, then you should have no trouble understanding a spiritual relationship. Because when I came to know the Lord, it was the same thing. I wanted to please him. Listen to what, uh, what David said in Psalm 122 and verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now I know most of you have heard that verse many, 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 many times. But let me ask you this. Am I glad to continue to come to the house of the Lord? I was, but I, am I glad to come to the house of the Lord? Do you remember when you first got saved? When God first filled you with the Holy Ghost? Do you remember all the changes that took place in your life? Man, you were in church all the time. There was three services a week. There were prayer meetings. There was home Bible studies. There was youth activities. Man, you were just in church all the time. And when you weren't in church, you were fellowshipping with people. Man, you'd have two or three couples over and you'd talk about the things of God or play a game and you'd have a meal together and then you were so smart you figured it out. You know, we could bring some of our friends that aren't saved into our circle. We had cell meetings before they even called them cell meetings. We just all got together and had a good time. Are we still that way? Has anything changed in our life 
Let me give you this warning. Revelations chapter two and verse four. Nevertheless, the Lord said to the church at Ephesus, I have somewhat against thee because you've left your first love. Wow. That is a warning. I have somewhat against thee. You left your first love. Remember from whence you are fallen and repent and do your first works or else I'll come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of this place except you repent. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying we need to get back to doing the things that we did when we first fell in love with Jesus. We need to go back to our first love and our first works and we need to be what we once were because the world, the devil, and our flesh are pulling us away from the first line of defense. If we really love God, that's an impenetrable line of defense. It protects us. The 21st century church, the 2017 church, now you're gonna think about this for a long time after I say it initially, has not changed its stance. I'm talking about the apostolic church, the apostolic Pentecostal church, has not changed their stand on sin. Not at all. We've never backed up one inch. We have not compromised the doctrine at all. And we never will. We never will. That is non-negotiable. It's not negotiable. We're not gonna change that. We're not gonna approve of adultery. We're not gonna approve of homosexuality. We're not gonna approve of alcoholism, drugs. And we're not gonna approve of any of that stuff. But you know what our sin is? Our sin is the sin of omission. That's our sin. James 4 and 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Did you read Matthew chapter 25? Did you see that there come a judgment when the Lord will speak to two groups of people? And the conclusion of the matter of one group will be in so much as you did it not to the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me. What is that? It is the sin of omission. They could make the argument, well, wait, Lord, I was faithful to my wife. I wasn't an alcoholic. I never killed anybody. I wasn't a thief. But their sin is the sin of omission. They knew what they were supposed to do. I knew it would get quiet. They knew what they were supposed to do, but they didn't do it. Let me remind you of 10 virgins, and they were called virgins because of their purity and their chastity. 
They were keeping themselves for the one that they would marry. Oh, uh, the church needs to be a virgin church. Keeping ourselves for the one that we will marry. I heard a man say one time that he suffered persecution in his public school because people were talking about, oh, are you a virgin? Or how many people have you had sex with? And he said, well, I'm, I'm a virgin. I've never had sex with anyone. I'm waiting until I get married to have sex. And they laughed him to scorn and pointed their fingers at him and shook at him. And he said, wait, wait, just a minute. I could be like any one of you in five minutes, but you will never have the opportunity to be like me again. I will not have to wonder about previous relationships that ended badly. I have saved myself for the one that I will marry. Is anybody gonna preach with me today? We need to be a virgin church, saving ourselves for the one that we are going to be married to. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. What is untoward? Untoward toward God. What about the last verse that I read previous to this? When he said, you left your first love and your first works. Do you know he promised to take the candlestick out of our lives? You know what the candlestick is? It's the light that reveals things. Where would we be without light? Darkness. What would happen if we lived in darkness? We would fall into anything. We would get tripped up over anything. Is anybody preaching with me today? Because we don't see So if God takes the candlestick, if God removes the light of revelation from our lives, we're doomed. That's how serious it is to go back to our first love and our first works. Oh, I love teaching Bible studies. Oh, I was glad when they said, I am glad when they say to me, let's go to the house of the Lord and worship. I'm glad to spend time with God in prayer. I'm I'm glad to pray with the sick. I'm glad to pray with people to receive the Holy Ghost. I haven't lost my love for those things. I'm every bit as hot as I once was. I'm gonna tell you something about food. And it's true not only of me, it's true of you. You do not like anything lukewarm. And neither does Jesus. Again, the sin of the 2017 church is omission, not commission. I, I don't like my ice cream warm. I don't like my, my meal cool or lukewarm. I, I know you want, don't want to hear this, but I like microwaves. Not so that my meal can be cooked in it, but if it got cold, I'm heating it up. I'm not going to just get through the thing. And while I'm talking about meals, let me tell you something else. I told you you might not like me today, but you'll love me tomorrow. 
I really appreciate the music ministry of this church. I really do. I appreciate people that get here early, much earlier than most all of us, on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night to practice. I appreciate people that will prepare a worship service. It's like a sermon put to music. You know what, it, that's what worship is. It's a sermon put to music. Did you notice the theme today? It wasn't scattered songs, one from here and one from there. It was a theme about worshiping the one that's worthy of worship. The one that's got a wonderful, powerful name. I appreciate people that'll do that. I appreciate people that will teach and preach from this pulpit. You may not know it, but there's a schedule that we have. It goes out a month in advance. These people that lead worship and part of praise teams and and teach and preach in this, this church from the pulpit, they know almost a month in advance that their name is up. And you know what they do? They pray, they fast, they study, they get a message from God. Very seldom do I ever say, I want you to teach on this. I say, you go find what God has for us. Go find it, and you prepare it. Now, what a shame it is to have people that will be so dedicated to music that they will take all that time to prepare that worship service or teachers and preachers that will go over a message for a month to come to a pulpit or to a church service and have people say, I ain't coming. Prepare me the best meal that you can prepare, but I ain't showing up because I got other things to do. If I did that to my wife, I might get cold water for supper. Well, wait, lukewarm water. Because <laughs> it takes a long time to prepare a meal. Any of you that have ever done any of these things, you should be able to say amen to what I'm saying. Celebrate recovery, Sunday school teachers, all the different ministries of this church, all the effort that goes into the preparation, and then people don't show up. What's wrong with that? It's not right. We need to fix that. I guess I came to this pulpit today knowing that I wouldn't be liked, so I'm not disappointed. Let me talk to you about the last line of defense. The last line of defense is commitment. Commitment. In a marriage, a job, a friendship, the thing that holds it all together, commitment. We will work through our problems, we won't run from them. We'll talk it out, we'll work it out, we'll get through it together because of one huge word, commitment. Here it goes, 
Isaiah chapter 4. Get your pen out when you get your Bible this time. Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 1. And in that day, seven women will take hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own bread, we will wear our own apparel, only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. Circle that verse of scripture. It's 2017. And I want to be sure that you understand this prophecy. This is a prophecy. Would it be more impressive to you today if I said, hear the word of the Lord and spoke in a different voice? Or can I just speak in my normal verse, my normal voice, what the word of the Lord has to say? Seven women represent rebellion in the church. One man represents Jesus Christ. Listen to what the rebellious people, I'm not picking on the women. Listen to what the rebellious people say. We'll eat our own bread. Don't you preach the word of God to us. Don't tell us about the bread of life. And that that needs to be the final say on everything. Don't tell us where we can go and and what we can do. We'll eat our own bread. We'll find what satisfies us. We don't need to tell you, have you tell us. We'll eat our own bread. Can I tell you something about bread? Jesus claimed to be the bread of life. Do you remember the children of Israel, how they were fed in the wilderness? Every day, God dropped down manna, enough for them to eat for one day. And on the sixth day, he gave them a double portion so they didn't have to go picking on the seventh. But every day, he gave them fresh bread. He included in the example of prayer, give us this day our daily bread. God wants us to be totally dependent on him every day. He could have dropped a week's supply. He could have dropped a month's supply. They tried saving what they got today for tomorrow, and it spoiled. He would not allow it to last more than one day because he wanted them to learn to be totally dependent on him for all of their needs. And these people say, thanks but no thanks. We'll eat what we want to eat. The second thing they say is, they talk about the way that they'll dress. We'll wear our own apparel. Don't you tell me how I ought to look. What's the first line of defense? Love. Love is the first line of defense. What motivates us? Love. Let me give you an example of this. When I first started coming to church, back at Parkway many, many years ago, 
after I had repented and I'd been baptized, but I didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. But man, I was loving it. I, I was loved going to church. I loved the people of God. I loved the pastor. I loved everything about it. And I got up on a Sunday morning, and I can remember it like yesterday. It was a nice sunny day, and I'm standing in front of the mirror getting ready to go to church, and I look at myself in the mirror, and the Lord speaks to me. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me, okay? You're getting to listen. Somebody said amen. So I'm looking in this mirror, and I'm looking at Elvis Presley pork chops and a Sam Elliott mustache. and wondering how to keep it all trimmed and nice. And the Lord speaks to me and says, shave that stuff off. Pastor didn't tell me that. My friends didn't tell me that. I liked my Elvis Presley pork chops and my Sam Elliott mustache but the Lord was testing my love. Do you love me? You know, when Peter said that he loved the Lord, Jesus said, well, then I want you to do this. Feed my lambs. Do you love me, Peter? Yeah, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, are you sure you love me? And he got disturbed. He said, you know I love you. You know all things. Well, then I expect you to do something, Peter. Can God pull rank on me at any time for anything? Question mark. Boy, it's quiet in here today. You're not going to like me today, but you're going to love me tomorrow. Whatever you want, Lord. I love that Lenny Wolf song we used to sing way back when. Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the Lord of all. The kingdoms of my heart. For if you're not Lord of everything, then you're not Lord at all. Who's the Lord of your money? Who's the Lord of your appearance? Who's the Lord of where you go and what you do? Who's Lord? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you don't do the things that I say. Get mad at the scripture if you want to, but I just quoted the scripture. I believe this with all my heart, folks. Seven women taking hold of one man, saying, we'll eat our own bread, we'll look the way we want to look, all we want is your name. We want to be called Christians. I belong to Jesus. Do you? Do you? Really? You know why they wanted to be called by his name? 
because the things they were eating and partaking in and the way their appearance brought a reproach to their life. Wow. We'll eat our own bread. We'll wear our own apparel. Just give us your name. Because if we get your name, there goes our reproach. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, not your heart. He starts with the body. A living sacrifice. Jesus died. His sacrifice was death. Our sacrifice is living. Boy, I'll tell you what, this guy is a good preacher. I'm feeling real good about myself right now. I feel like God is saying amen, at least to me. I, I hope you're getting something out of this. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And let me give you this warning concerning your defense. The next verse says, and be not conformed to this world. Don't let the world tell you how to live, how to dress, how to talk, where to go, where not to go. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How can I be transformed by the renewing of of my mind? I remember him preaching this before. This isn't the first time he's talked this way. You could be sitting there thinking about making a decision and God can bring the word that is in your heart and in your mind to your spirit so that you can make the right choices. Because it's in there. It's in there. He even told one prophet, eat the book. Eat it. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect. How many of you want perfection? Well, I'm not perfect. Well, don't make an excuse. You make an acknowledgement, but don't make an excuse. Somebody said amen. Our commitments are being challenged, folks. We are being challenged on every front. I remember a great preacher, his name was Bill Sisko. And he said, watch out. There's a bug going around. And everybody said, well, what's the bug? He said, it's called busy. Busy. And it'll buzz around you. Busy, 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 busy. I'm so busy, 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 busy. I'm too busy. No, you're just not committed enough. I've got so much to do. My children require so much of my time. 
I'm old. <laughs> this is for all the old fat people. You ready? I got a verse. I'm in this group. I rejoice with this verse. Psalm 92. Verse 12, the righteous will flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. You like that? Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You like that? Look at this one. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat. I'm trying to fulfill the scripture. <laughs> now that I made you laugh, let me hit you between the eyes. Just because you're old doesn't mean you can't win souls. Just because you're old doesn't mean you can't be faithful to the house of God. Just because you're old and just because you're fat does not disqualify you from the sins of omission. The sins of omission. Hmm. Let's stand together. I think I've made my point. I know when to quit. Now I'm going to make a confession to you today. Sometimes the only reason I come to church, I'm confessing. is because I know it's the right thing to do. I'm being honest. I'm not always, I know I, I shouldn't say this, I'm not always glad to come to the house of the Lord. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm, I'm weary. But you know why I come? Because it's the right thing to do. And that's what commitment is. It's when you do what you're supposed to do in spite of how you feel about it. And now I'm going to prophesy and give you an answer to a question many of you have answered. And again, you're not going to like me today, but you're going to love me tomorrow. Some of you have said, God, I have prayed and you have not answered me. And I'm going to tell you what God's answer is to you today. God has answered you, and God will answer you. He will answer you in this house, at this altar. He has used preachers. That's why I'm not the only one that preaches around here. We need other people that hear from God, too. And God speaks to the preachers and the teachers and the musicians and the many different ministries of this church to minister to you on a consistent basis. But if you're not here, you didn't hear when the answer was given. You missed it. 
it was given. Brother Tamil used to say it all the time. Man, I had somebody come to my office the other day and they had questions about marriage and divorce. And I said, where were you two weeks ago? That's what I spoke about on Wednesday night. You do that all the time. It's a commitment. We need to reconsecrate ourselves, folks. Our first line of defense needs to be built back up. I do this because I love God and I want to be pleasing to him. It doesn't have anything to do with anybody else but you and God. Somebody please say amen. I love God and that's what motivates me. But my last line of defense, if I'm not emotional at that moment, is my commitment not only to God, but to God's family. My family needs me. I'm your pastor, let me say this to you. We need you. We need you. You may be the one that has a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. You may be the one that lays hands on the sick on a Wednesday night, yeah, on a Wednesday night. You may be the one that can minister or you may be the one that needs to be ministered to, but the devil will try and steal that service from you and the answers to your questions so that your needs are not met. So remember the first and the last line of defense and build up. Build them back up and make them strong and be consecrated and committed to God like you never have been before. Jesus, I pray today, by your spirit, draw people to this altar and help us to fall in love and go back to our first love, our first works. Don't take the candlestick out of our lives. Make it shine brighter. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.